Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. It's episode number 225 of the world's greatest Reds podcast. I'm Chad Dotson. Joining me again for this momentous, what would you call it, a milestone podcast, number 225. It's Bill Lack. How are you, Bill? I feel 225 years old. <laughs> well, the season has gone on for, for about 225 years, it feels like. just seems that way, yeah. It does. The Reds, the Cincinnati Reds, that's the team that we, we'd like for some reason. What's that all about? I don't know. Are you kidding me? I've been a Reds and a Bengals fan since I was... Since there were Reds and Bengals, since you know, so cruel. I'm a, glutton, I'm a glutton for punishment. That is cruel and unusual punishment. There, yes, it is. The 2018 Cincinnati Reds are 59 and 81 currently. Astoundingly, that record puts them in last place in the National League Central. Hard to believe. It is hard to believe. Um, and their and their Pythagorean win loss record, they really should be 61 and 79. Right, which would be an amazing improvement. What a what a huge upswing that would be on the future of this franchise. So the Reds are not doing so well, but we we want to get into some positives this week. But before, eventually, eventually, but there's we really have to talk about the ongoing saga of Homer Bailey right off the top here. And, and you know, I don't I don't want to speak for you. I know that I've been a, a big Homer Bailey fan over the years. Written some very nice things about him, and you know, injuries have uh, hit him hard. And you know, whatever we've defended him some over the years. Uh, he's not been good this year. He has one of the worst uh, stat lines of any pitcher in the majors. Depending on which stat you look at, the worst for any starter. He's now one and fourteen on the season. The Reds are one and twenty. No, one and nineteen. He's made twenty starts. The Reds are one and nineteen in his twenty starts. And his ERA is over six, and the Reds are going to keep running him out there every five days. What do you make of this, Bill Lack? I, I, I got nothing. Um, I it's. And even Riggleman said the other day in the paper that the money had a lot. I mean, he, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, of course. Yeah, he did, yeah. But he said the money has is part of the equation, which, is, I mean, isn't a surprise to anybody born in this, you know, on this planet. But it, it surprises me that they'd admit it. Absolutely. And, and, and again, as we t- we've talked about so many times in the past, you know, you don't have to be have a Ph.D. in economics to understand the the, the the uh, uh, concept of sunk cost. Right. And uh, you just wonder how much, what, what, what does the team think they're gaining from running Homer Bailey out? And, and that would be a good question for, you know, if would have been a, or would be a good question if you ever get a chance to talk to the front office. Yeah. You know, what is the thinking? What is this? What is this doing for the ball club? You know what I think the answer is? The truthful answer to that is? They think he can be a valuable member next year. Oh, I hope they don't. I hope that's not true. You you really think that they that there's a belief in Reds management that he can help the team next year? Yep. 
I think the answer is the the two answers, if they're being honest, are number one, Mr. Castellani wants him to start because he's paying him all that money, and number two, we don't want to deal with his whining. Well, there's a way you can take care of that. Yeah, but they're not willing to do that. They're, I mean, he, there's there's a number of ways you could take care. Of. You could find the crap out of him for if it, he if he starts whining. Yeah, well, it's, of course they, they said we're gonna move him to the bullpen, and he whined. And so what they do? They back down. Yep, they did. I mean. They're not willing to make the tough decisions on Homer Bailey for whatever reason. I don't know why. When, when, and this isn't just Homer centric. This is Major League Baseball player centric. When did the and excuse my non politically correct statement here? When did the inmates start running the asylum? I mean, it used to be the manager decided where you were going to play, or the front office, or the team, and now players dictate where they're going to play. Or where they won't. And where they're going to bat in the lineup. Well, I don't think that's so much. I mean, you hear griping about it, but I don't think they have the country. But when did that change? And I don't have an answer. I'm just asking. I, I, I just, but you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know the answer to that either, but I think it's pretty clear in the case of Homer Bailey specifically. I mean, they literally announced they're going to move him to the bullpen. He whined and cried about it for a while, and they said, okay, never mind. He, well, yeah, they ran him when they sent him down to Louisville. He, he did did he do two bullpen appearances then, or just one? I think maybe just the one, and then he uh, was put on the disabled list, wasn't he? Right. Yeah, with a with an inflated ego. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, an inflamed ERA. He and they brought him back, and he's been starting ever since. It just it makes uh, it seems to me that well-run organizations would not keep running Homer Bailey out there every five days right now for, for a number of reasons. Number one, you don't do it because of money. A well-run organization doesn't. That's the, that's the answer I get every time when I say something on Twitter about it is, ah, oh, the Reds aren't going to, you know, they, they want to get something for that 20-whatever million. They're not going to, you know, just cut bait. I'm, I'm, and every time I'm like, they're going to pay Homer Bailey that no matter what they do. They have to pay Homer Bailey that money, no matter yep. what they choose to do. Why would you let him continue doing things that hurt your product, which is what he's doing? Well, and you can make the argument that if they replace Homer with somebody else, that's added cost. And, and that is true. I, I don't think it's true this now because they've got these guys. Well, not, not the rosters expanded. But I mean, yeah. But I mean, overall, you re, if you fire somebody, somebody takes their place, so it's going to cost you more money. I guess it's going to cost them an extra 100000 Whatever. Right. But if you start winning ball games, you're going to put more butts in the seats. Mm-hmm. So you're going to make that money back up. And even if they don't, it just seems to me like a team in the, in the position of the Reds, uh, a lost season, they're wasting 40% of their starts on uh, guys that are going to be in their 30s next year. And, you know, Sal Romano, there are good arguments that Sal Romano is nothing, going to be nothing more than a reliever. I mean, I can, I can buy that, but he's still just 24 years old. you got Tyler Malley. you got Lucas Sims that came over uh, in the uh, Adam Duvall trade. Um, you got Cody Reed, who, you know, good some nights, not so good the other nights, still Cody Reed, basically. But you got all these, you got these four guys that I would love to see get some starts here this last month. Just to, let's see. You know, let's just see what the... Yeah, you know, and I'm not sure we learned much in September. I'm, you know, look at look at uh, Stevenson. You know, well, he pitched at the end of last year, and did we really learn anything? Not really. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe not, but still, uh, you got. To- but it's but it's an opportunity to learn something. You throw Homer Bailey out there every day, or or Harvey, you're not learning anything. I mean, well, the truth now, of the matter is, those are two guys that, sh- if there's any anyone with any sense. Uh, in Bob Castellini's ear, Homer Bailey and Matt Harvey are not going to be in the Reds' rotation next year. So what's, you, what are we clinging well, to here? Well, well, not if not if, as we hope, they do spend some money in the off season and 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 go out and get some pitching and and you know to, to around the guys that you know the guys that we think can help this team, just Lafani and Castillo and, and, and Molly, I think. But but I think you can make a you can make a solid argument for just Lafani and Castillo. Uh, I think I think Malley's in that. In that, I, I think he probably is too. But he, he, you know, he, he did struggle, and, and I would like to see him getting starts in September. We can't. Those starts are going to Homer Bailey. 
Yeah, and and, and Matt Harvey. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, but, you know, and you, and you mentioned the front office being in, in Castellini's ear, and, and we talked a lot about this last week. Wasn't it last week? I think anyway. it was last week, yes. And, seems and like, it seems like just yesterday I was talking yeah. to you, Bill. And, and you... <laughs> And you wrote a really, really good article, I felt, in Cincinnati Magazine, for Cincinnati Magazine this week. Um, but, and, and, and since I've read, since we talked last week and since I read that, I've been thinking more and more about the Reds' front office. And, you know, you talked about that interview earlier this year where Castellini goes into those meetings. If nobody disagrees with him, that's what they do. <laughs> it's a why, don't, why don't those front office guys? How weak willies are they that they don't tell the owner, listen, you hired me to do this. This is what we need to do. And if the owner shoots them down, I go looking for work somewhere else. Because if you're not, if you're not going to be able to do your job here, or if the, or if the team's going to stink, they're going to hang that on you. They're not going to hang it on the owner. Well, in, in a vacuum, I think that's, I think that's right. I think they should do that. Are they are they willing to do that? I don't know. It's tough to do. I don't know how Bob Castellini is behind closed doors. I get the sense he's a little bit of a mini Steinbrenner. But uh, but you're right. If you know Nick Crawl's the GM, and and I really think very highly of Nick Crawl, as a matter of fact. But uh, and and Dick Williams uh, as well. But this, Nick Crawl specifically is general manager. If this thing just it blows up in their face next year, Bob Castellini ain't getting fired. Nick Crawl's going to get fired. It's going to go on his uh, How resume. sure are you they're going to be here in the beginning of next year? Crawl? Oh, I think Either one of them. No, I think they will. I don't think Williams is going anywhere. It's... I think you're probably right, but it wouldn't surprise me. The return of Walt Jockety. Is that what you're telling me? i just saying. It would, <laughs> that wouldn't shock me. Oh, Bill, I was trying to make a joke, and you made my head hurt. Oh. There he goes again. There he goes again. Um, but but you see what I'm saying? If, if you were, you know, and I, I I ran a department at a at a, at a university for 30 years, and if, if my boss had been running my department and not letting me do what I needed to do to make it successful, I'd have had to look somewhere else. But I but he'd have damn sure known and did at times that I you know that I disagreed with something he wanted done. You, I agree, you know, maybe, I, and maybe that is happening, and they're getting overruled. But if that's the case, why are they still there? Well, there's only 30 GM jobs. I mean, there's not a whole lot of places Nick Crawl can go. You know, um, you you think you don't think if he's left the Reds, and I'm not saying a GM job, but he could get a front office job. I would think so. Yeah, that would allow him to do what he was hired to do. Yeah, I would think so. What I'm saying is. I, as much as we want to put all the blame on Castellini, and he's the big boss, and that you know, and the buck stops here, but those front office guys, and they, and maybe they are in there pounding on the desk. Yeah, we don't know. We just don't know. We don't know. But it would seem to me, by their actions, that that is not the case. Maybe not, because on the on a lot of the little things where you wouldn't expect uh, Castellini to have much of an opinion, they've done some really neat things, like uh, getting Kirk Casale. That guy's turned out to be great. Uh, yeah, and we'll talk more about positives in a moment, you know, and and, and the trades, the, the Luis Castillo trade, Dan, Dan Straley, you know, stuff like that. Um, you can see the front office that they're a little more enlightened than what they're given credit for. But well, you mentioned my column for uh, Cincinnati Magazine. Let me just update those of you. There, I can't believe any of you, my dedicated listeners here, haven't already read this. But about three weeks ago, I, I wrote a piece for Cincinnati Magazine about um, ownership is ownership meddling basically, and the short answer was yes. And I gave a bunch of examples of how they're meddling in baseball, about how he, specifically Bob Castellini, is meddling in baseball operations. And since I wrote that in the three weeks after that, there were a couple more just blatant instances of uh, of him meddling. One of them was, uh, let's see, the first one. The Riggleman meeting. What was the one before that? Oh, it was, it was that he was in love with Matt Harvey, and that's why Harvey didn't get traded. Yeah, but then the Riggleman was one was the one that just blew my mind. You actually, I got up and uh, I hadn't been up twenty minutes, and I had a text from you. Have you? Said, yeah, asking if you had read the article. Yeah, have you seen this? <laughs> and so I went and read it, and it was just the, the long and the short of it was that Jim Riggleman said that uh, Castellini comes in his office and sort of 
quizzes him on strategy and why'd you do this and why are you playing that guy? And he said it's the first time he's he's been manager at five different places, the first time he's ever had an owner come do that. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, he's not only meddling in the front office uh, baseball operations department, he's meddling with the on-field management as well. It's just it's the picture is starting to form of a uh, megalomaniacal uh, dictator. It's a combination between George Steinbrenner and Ted Turner. (laughs) Yes, really. Castellini probably named himself manager next like Turner did. That'd be great. He'd be better than Riggleman probably. He'd be better than Riggleman. Well, and and this is something else you and I talked about in our when we were texting that day about this article is it, it it makes it appear to me that this Riggleman this manager thing may be a done deal. Oh, don't say that. No, I don't. I don't want to hear that. No way. I know you. I know you don't want to hear. It the world is flowery and, and unicorns and rainbows. <laughs> I have reason to believe that the baseball operations department does not want Jim Riggleman around after the end of the season. And how much effect have they had on how this team has been well, formed this year? I'm saying that's this is going to be a litmus test. Here's I, and I can't believe that you're I, – I, I think I call them dotheads. You know, you're the Jed Dotson fans out there. They haven't all read your article. <laughs> I know. Can you believe that? Those dotheads, they need to get on the stick. The dotheads, that's terrible. Uh, did you see this uh, – this goes back to Riggleman. I'm going to circle back around to Riggleman. But did you see the quote from Mookie Betts of the Red Sox? No. Uh, I can't remember who they said when he first came to the Red Sox. Uh, somebody, uh, uh, Ian Kinsler. It was Ian Kinsler. And he and his first at bat with the Red Sox. He They had a runner on uh, second with no outs. And uh, third baseman was playing deep, so he squared to bunt to try to drop one down. And uh, after the uh, bat was over, he came back into the dugout. And Mookie Betts cornered him in the dugout and said, We do not bunt. The Red Sox do not bunt. And he said, it's, uh, it just blew my mind to hear that. Because can you imagine anyone in the Reds dugout saying that? That's all the Reds do is bunt. Jim it would Reed. be the other way around. Said, Why weren't you bunting Exactly. There? The Reds bunt. He said, the Red Sox do not bunt. Are the Red Sox having a good season this year? They're, they're doing pretty well. Yeah, in are. fact, you know who they just brought up. Let's give a little love to your guy. Your man, your man Brandon Phillips. Your Came guy. Up, big, big game the other day. Hey, his first game, he uh, scored a couple runs and then hit the – a massive home run to, to give him the lead and then just pimped it all the way around the bases. Yeah. Down in his hometown of Atlanta, and none of the Debbies were safe in Hotlanta that night. Uh, that's, your, <laughs> that's, your, that's your guy. I like him more than you. Everybody likes him more than me. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. As you've proven so many times. Okay, so anyway, you including in front of the Reds front including office. Including in front of the Reds front office. I, I, could, I was like, oh, can I just. I see where he's going. He's getting ready to say, "Will he just stop?" He's going to say something, but it wasn't bad. No, and you were right. It wasn't. Te- it wasn't. I won't say it wasn't bad, but it wasn't terrible. Well, you, at least you didn't phrase it the way you wanted to phrase it. <laughs> you were polite. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I do have a little cooth. Yeah, a little bit. Just a little. Just a tiny, tiny bit. Uh, so you a think smidge. you do think you think that it, it's a done deal on Jim Rowland? He's going to be the I manager of the Reds next year. I think that, but I think it's possible that that's the case. It would not surprise me at all if Jim Riggleman is the manager of this team again next year. Okay. Let me just – I don't want to be overly dramatic, although I <laughs> always am. And I don't want to get angry with the Reds over something they haven't done. But I got to say this. If, if these three things that are all plausible, if these three things are true on opening day 2019, if, number one, Jim Riggleman is the manager, if, number two, Homer Bailey – is not in the starting rotation. Homer Bailey is in the starting rotation. Rugum is the manager. Homer Bailey in the starting rotation, and Nick Senzel is not in the starting lineup on opening day. If those three things happen, I really may be done with the Reds for 2019. The, the, okay, let's talk about those three things for a second. Which do you think is the most likely to happen of those three? The most likely of those to happen is well, it's either one or two. I think it's highly unlikely that. Sinzel will be in the starting lineup. I think that's the least likely to happen. So the most, yeah, okay. And then, and then, which one? I would say Homer Bailey being in the starting rotation. And so, you think the least likely is that Riggleman's the manager? Well, no, I think the least likely is I think the it's Sinzel. 
is Sinzel. I think the most likely. So you think the most likely of those three things to happen is Riggleman is the manager. Most likely it's Homer. We, we're completely uh, confused here. The most okay. likely of those three to happen is Homer, I think. After that, Riggleman, and then after that, Sinzel. I don't think it's likely at all that Sinzel will be in the lineup. They'll leave him down with some ludicrous, for some ludicrous excuse. <clears throat> well, they don't know where to play him. <laughs> I'll give you about eight different places I'd play him to get his bat in the lineup. Uh, play him a different place every day. We're not going to get into that today. We'll have plenty of time to yell no, about that we're, next we're, week. We're going to be positive. We're, we're being <laughs> At some point, we're going to be positive here. This is our positive podcast, and we've spent, uh, you know, this is, 20 this minutes This is as good here. as it gets for us for positivity. <laughs> let's, let's, tra- let's go ahead and transition to that, because, I, you know, it's been a miserable season in a lot of ways. But there are, we were talking before we started recording, and, and there have been some really positive things about this season. Let's try to list off all the things uh, from this season so far that either we didn't expect or uh, players played better than we thought or just things going into next year that we were encouraged by. And and the first one I would mention is uh, Jose Peraza, 24 years old, uh, sort of thought what he is what he is. His defense has been less than stellar. Um, sometimes looks great, sometimes looks like a little eager. Um, but, you know, he's got a 325 on base percentage, 284 average. Slugging 404. I mean, the guy's hit 10 home runs. I, I got to say. Stolen 20 bases. I, I have no problem with what Jose Perez has done this year. Are you with me? Yeah, I am. I, I've been, I've been, I won't say astounded, but I've been very, very pleasantly surprised at, at how well he's been offensively. I mean, I, I'm still not convinced he's the answer at shortstop, but until the answer comes along, he's he's fine. Yeah, I think that's part of assuming that this is a, a trend and not a, again we t- say this all the time, but assuming this is a trend and not a blip, right? He, but he had a, a couple good months at the end of last season, and his his approach has been better this year too. He's yep. get, he, you know he's getting getting more walks, getting on base more. I mean, he's not ever going to be Joey Votto, but I, I, well, and the only thing I differ from what you said is he wouldn't be my my most positive thing offensively. That would, be, that would be the continuing emergence of Suarez. I agree. Well, let's talk about that in a second. But about per, uh, Peraza, and you're absolutely right about that. That's the single biggest positive as far as I'm concerned. But Peraza, what, if, if, he, if he's not the shortstop long-term, and I, I'm like you, I'm not sold that defensively he's going to be that guy. I, I mean, I'm not giving up on him. I always say no. at the same age, Barry Larkin had 29 errors at shortstop in his age 24 season. So, And Barry Larkin ended up being a Pretty good shortstop. Yeah, he was okay. Yeah. And I'm I'm not saying is gonna be Larkin Wow. But uh but I think that if he's not the shortstop, I think he can be a really effective guy playing shortstop, second, all three outfield positions, you know, moving him around and uh and letting him pinch running. Pinch running. He's, I mean, I I think he could be a valuable player on the team, even if he's not designated as your everyday shortstop. Or as a trade piece. Or is it absolutely? He, he's built some value this year mm-hmm. uh, and rebuilt some of that value because he was a, a highly touted prospect at one time. I think a top yep. top thirty prospect in all of baseball at once. So, um, so that's a good season. But you're right. I, offensively, hey, Andy Suarez, man, that guy is a revelation. He just keeps doing it, doesn't he? And he's only twenty six. Twenty six, and they have signed him to a seven year contract before the year. There's another instance of a good decision by. Uh, uh, the front office didn't give Castellini credit for laying out yep. the dollars on that, but yep. but he didn't lay out that many dollars. It was just such a team friendly deal. And Suarez is a guy. I keep saying it. I think he's going to be a legend in this town. Do you agree with that? I think he's always he's going to be a really really good player. I don't know if he'll ever be the fan favorite that he should be. You don't think so? I think he will. I mean, I don't think he's going to be. Hope, a, I hope. I hope he is. But he does. I mean, because he seems like he's a good guy. He seems like he has a lot of fun, and he plays hard, and he puts up big numbers. Um, I, I I see him being. I, I do see him being an extremely popular player. I hope you're right. I, he just the smile. That's what did it for Brandon Phillips, and uh, just he loves playing. He's worked so hard at, at learning his English and being able to use that. Uh, he takes great pride in that fact. Peraza is another guy that's done that, um, and I just—he's—he's uh, he's just a lovable guy, and we always hear a hard worker and everything. But what I've heard about Suarez, he's the first one there. I mean, he—he he beats Joey Votto to the park. Um, he just loves baseball. Uh, uh, they call him a gym rat, is what what I heard somebody call him. 
He just loves yeah. being at the park. And I don't know. I just I think uh, given, especially given the fact that he's an all star now, and uh, you know, thirty one home runs, a hundred RBIs at this point. So so the it's not just stat nerds that like him. He's got those other numbers too. I just he's just an incredible player, and so happy that he's going to be a centerpiece of this team. For the next few and you, years. you talked about you talked about uh, he and Peraza working on their English from a you know from a marketing standpoint. Boy, that's smart. It is. It is. I mean, it just it just is. I mean, a fair or unfair. It, it is what it is. I yeah. Mean, I mean, it, I mean, Tony Perez was a very popular player in this town with with not the best of English. Right. Right. <laughs> But it, but it does affect some people's ability to, to have that crossover appeal off the sure, field. Sure, exactly right. And uh, and Suarez and Peraza, Peraza as well. He just really has uh, – both those guys have worked really hard at uh, at that part of it. And I just see Suarez, he just wants to – he just wants to have fun, you know. And then I see a guy like that that, that also produces. I, I is, that the, is that giving me the new, the new song, Suarez is just want to have fun? <laughs> oh, gosh. Yes, I think it will be. Cindy Lauper's going to do it, I think. She's uh, going to do it. Oh, my gosh. It's time to – that's all for this week's edition of Red Lake Nation Radio. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Uh, <laughs> that, was a, that was a bad one. Okay. <laughs> if I were on the offensive side of, the, of things here, the, the continuing emergence of Scooter Jeanette. Got to be a positive. That's what I'm saying. I mean, he's, he's, and, and, his numbers have dropped well, second half. It, it, yeah, but he's still hitting 320. Oh, absolutely. His overall line is incredible. His plus is still 134. I know. I know. And he's still in the, the battle for uh, the, the, the batting the, title. The bat, what they call the batting title, the batting average title. Yeah. No. I, listen, I have, I have complaints about Scooter's defense because it's really yep. bad. But I've got no complaints about Scooter Jeanette being on this team. And matter of fact, you know, he's probably going to be on this team for at least the next three years, is my prediction. I think Kathleen's well, that, that, That's what I was going to ask you. What, what do you think, of, of zero to 100, what percentage do you believe that he'll be a red on opening day next year? 100. Me too. As a matter of fact, I think he will have signed a uh, long-term contract by that time. And I'm really worried about that. Not about the dollars because they're not. Bob Castley has got plenty of money. Um, it, but if it goes more than a three-year deal, I really worry about the Reds getting, you know, sort of bitten on the back end of the deal. Yeah, and, and and you know, by that point, we should have young guys that are coming along slowly. <laughs> right, but we've got thirty. Yeah, the Reds have thirty second-base prospects. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And so uh, the fact that Scooter's so poor defensively and, you know, I don't know if you can move him anywhere else other than first base, and I think the Reds already have a first baseman. Um, I would yeah. I would try him in the outfield if his shoulder is healthy, but I don't think the Reds will ever do that. I think he's your starting second baseman. Well, and, and, and you know, if, if the outfield goes the way we think it's going to go or could go, I, I don't know where you put him in the outfield. Well, I think you find a spot for him if he keeps hitting like he's hitting. With a bat like that, you got to – Find some place for him. Um, would you would you would you play him over over Wicker? No, Shebler maybe though, and I love Scott Shebler. If only he could stay healthy. If only he could stay healthy. I think he's a oh he's had a great year, but just eighty seven games. You know, right? Uh, yeah, it's a shame uh, because he's a really good player, really good hitter, and uh, really good athlete. He's underrated athlete. I I don't think Reds fans have seen what Shebler can actually do, but uh, his season was sort of a Semi-positive, don't you think, Scott Schebler? I really, and, and I think you and I have debated this off and on for years, I have trouble judging guys' seasons when they can't stay healthy. Yeah. It, 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 and it's good, I'll go all the way back to Kevin Mitchell, who, hey. who, who by some of the numbers you could say he had some of the, one of the greatest offensive years in the history of the Reds. Oh yeah, his years with the Reds just on the but those numbers are up there with anybody that's ever played for Cincinnati. But he couldn't stay healthy. He couldn't stay on the field. It's true. But so, you, you know, but one so time I've he caught a fly ball with his bare hand. You got to give him credit for that. Do you remember that highlight when he was with yeah, the Yeah, I remember. I can remember Johnny Bench catching a pitch with a bare hand. <laughs> well, we're talking about Johnny Bench here. He's a he's a real superhero, not like Billy Hamilton. Hey, slow your roll here, Chief. Okay, we're not gonna, we're talking about positives. Oh, okay. Let me ask you a question: Is Joey Votto's offensive season a positive? I think no. I don't think it's a negative either. He's leading the league in on base percentage, 
but uh, you can't say it's a positive. His numbers are down. His numbers are down. And, and we talked, I mean, even though his OPS plus is a, you know, a, a bad year, 127. Right. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's not, it's not a negative. 27% above the average, but it's still, yeah. but it's a, it's not a good year for Joey. And as you said last week, it appears like a lot of it, he's just hitting in bad luck. I think there's a lot of that. I really do. After looking into the numbers, his, his exit velocity still was, is hard. he's hitting the balls as hard as he ever has. I think it's a little bit of bad luck and probably a little bit of age in terms of fewer home runs because they're not traveling quite as far, but I think he's going to be fine. I think we'll learn more about that next year. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not going to waste much time worrying about about Votto. I think he'll be back better than ever next year. Uh, offensively, I'm not sure who else you could say. I mean, I would, again, Winker, big-time positive, except for the fact that he only played 89 games. Well, you mentioned a guy earlier. Oh, yes. Gosh, let's not forget. Kirk Asali. Yes. Man, I, mean, I think I used the term revelation. Or he has been a revelation. The, the Reds traded for him, and I was like, who? Or why? <laughs> right. Um, the guy that couldn't get on the field for the Tampa Bay Rays, 29-year-old. But listen, as a backup catchers go, defensively, he's been fine. And uh, he's just hammered the ball consistently. And we we're just talking about, you know, 127 at-bats or plate appearances. But still, he's a backup catcher. He's not going to get, a, you know, a whole lot of plate appearances. And he's right. been productive, been very productive. Four homers. I guess you'll see his, you're going to see his plate appearances go up here in September because they're carrying three catchers. Yeah, yeah, I think you're they probably can right. Use, they can use his bat a little more. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know. You, you know who else I would throw into the positive? It's a minor positive. It's a positive. It's Philip Urban. Yeah, I think so. I think he has certainly made a case for himself, hasn't he, to be in the mix? Uh, I think, you know, I think with, without knowing how the, the roster is going to be constructed next year, I think he's an odds-on favorite for a fourth or fifth outfield spot. I think so. I mean, again, you don't know if they're going to acquire anybody. He's come up and really helped himself when Winker got hurt. Yeah, no question about it. The truth of the matter is, if he could, no one within the Reds organization believes that Irvin can play center field defensively. If he were able to play center field, there's a chance he'd be the starting center fielder um, if and when the Reds move on from uh, comic book superhero Billy Hamilton. Um, there he goes again. <laughs> I mean, Irvin's just 25. You know, he's a high draft pick. Um, yeah. and, and he's really helped himself. I agree. I agree. I like him. Um, are there any other positives on the offensive side of the ledger that we really – it's probably the, all the positives. I'm just looking down here. You know, this Mason Williams kid, I kind of like him. Yeah, he's a fifth outfielder. But he's, best. But he's a, athletic best. and, yeah, I mean, I don't – Still, I don't. I don't have a problem with a guy like that. I don't see. He's him come up. He's come up and done everything they've asked him to do. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, while, while we're talking about the outfield, though, let's let's talk about the Duvall trade for a second. <laughs> let's do that. Adam now, Duvall. Since he went to Atlanta, he was having a bad year for the Reds. It's gotten worse in Atlanta. Well, I don't. I'm not going to let you talk bad about Adam Duvall. Don't you know he was an All Star? And he's he's in the probably, and he's, you know, and sounds like a really good guy. Blah blah blah. And and I, and I have no problem with them trading. <laughs> right, I agree. We both thought that was a good trade. But they they got this Preston Tucker guy, and then they just traded him back to Atlanta for cash. Cash considerations. When they said that, I thought that was actually a player. <laughs> I was sounds like someone what, used to play for the Tigers. Yeah, what position uh, does he play? But I mean, and this was what um, six weeks ago. Something like that, yes. About, Why would you that. trade for a guy and then six weeks later send him back to the team he traded? I, I don't understand the thought process here. It's really bizarre. All I can think is that the Braves got to look at Duvall and said, oops. Because what has Duvall done? You, you looked it up there. What's he done since he went to Atlanta? I don't know if you've oh, it's, it oh, it's, it's Hang on a minute. Let me pull it back up. It's ugly. Yeah. It's, it's His bad. batting average is He's played 26 games. He's got 43 plate appearances in six weeks, approximately. Yeah. He's hit no home runs. He's driven in no runs. He's four for 40. Ooh, brutal. His on-base percentage is 163. His slugging percentage is 100. His OPS is 263. His OPS plus, hang on to your hat, folks, because I've never seen this before is minus 26. I've never seen an OPS plus that was in the negatives. Billy Hamilton's is almost 100 points higher. Just for the record. And what, what does that tell you? Uh, easy now. Compared to Adam Duvall, Billy Hamilton's an average player. 
but I, I just don't. And I can understand why the why the the Braves would think they'd been schnookered. But why would the Red? Now I understand that Preston Tucker probably he's twenty seven. He probably didn't have a future with this team. But you took him in a trade. Why turn around and send him back to that team? I mean, why not just take ask for the money to begin with? Oh, what has yeah. changed in the in the Reds organization in the last six weeks? That said, we want this guy. No, we don't want this guy. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. I do not know the answer to that. You know everything. Well, my, my, but I speculate that the Braves. Yeah, I know. Easy for me to say. <laughs> or not. <laughs> that the Braves called the Reds up and said, you know what? Um, can we have Tucker This guy back? sucks. <laughs> <laughs> they probably said, can we trade you Duvall back for Tucker? <laughs> and the, Reds Even like, up. the Reds are like, no, how about you just give us some money? We'll take some money. And that was that. Yeah, it's it's very curious. Bob needs a new box of cigars, so. <laughs> Tucker, though, what about this guy? This is a lucky guy. Um, with the Braves, you know, they're having so much fun. Young team, really progressed this year. And then gets traded to the Reds, who are a disaster. Hey, but then he gets to go back to a pennant race. So lucky him. Yeah, there is that. Uh, <laughs> Good for him. We barely got I, I don't know how much he's going to. I don't know how much he's going to play since he went back there, but yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm pulling up. I'm pulling up his game log. The truth of the matter is, he had no business playing in Cincinnati right now either. He's, you know, he doesn't have a future with this club, and so he was taking at bats from Philip Irvin or from yeah. Wilson Herrera or some of these guys we didn't want to see. He's gotten two at bats since he went back to Atlanta on the third of September. Two plate appearances. That's two more Got plate appearances. Got hit by a pitch once and made it out the other time. That's two more pennant race plate appearances than he would have gotten with Cincinnati. This is true. And that was against the Red Sox. So The Red Sox, yeah. That's who Brandon Phillips plays for, Bill. Yeah, I know he does. He's number he, zero. He'll, he'll, probably, he'll probably win the World Series for him, except he won't be on the playoff roster. They said there's some way they can get him on the playoff roster. I, haven't, I didn't read that article because I'm tired of Brandon Phillips. But I did see he's the only person ever to wear number zero for, in Red Sox history. Really? Only person ever. So he's setting records wherever he goes, Brandon. But he did something for the Red Sox that Babe Ruth they couldn't even do. Exactly. <laughs> Although when Babe Ruth played for the Red Sox. Because they're few and far between. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would say Disclafani is, is a positive because he's been healthy for most of the season. 16 starts. Yeah, that means we'd hoped for, but yeah. And, right. and but lately has looked yeah. really good. Um, up until lately, Jared Hughes had been really good. He's starting to, he's labored a little bit, I think, lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But his ERA is still under two. Yeah, no, he's been, and he's come into some tight spots and done a yeah, good job. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. I really like the way he pitches. Yeah. Um, well, I think you like you like Hernandez better than I do. He makes me, he makes me a nervous wreck when he pitches. I, I get it. But what I like about both those guys, they throw ground balls. They throw sinkers and get ground balls, and that's what you have to have to be successful. See, and every time I watch, and now maybe this is just happens when I'm watching, but every time I watch Hernandez, everything he throws is up. Okay, stop watching him. He gets apparently ner- that's what I need to do. He gets nervous when you're watching that's, him. He knows I'm watching, and, and, and God knows that's why it would make anybody nervous. Oh no, he's going to talk about me on the next podcast. I got to do well because right. because you know that you know they play this in the Reds in the Reds locker room. Oh, I'm sure it's on a loop before every game. Yeah. <laughs> Why's it's that? in the trainer's room. That's how that's that's I keep guys out of the trainer's room. <laughs> Why does that guy talk so funny? Um, there he goes again. There he goes again. I want to hear Jim Day say that on a broadcast one night. Then we'll know we've made it. There well, we have to give him, you have to give him some more books. Yeah, maybe I'll bribe him into, into saying that on the air. Uh, I think, and I, I think most people wouldn't say this, I think that there, there are a lot of positives that you can see in both Luis Castillo and Tyler Malley this year. I think that we didn't get what we hoped for or expected out of Castillo this year, but Matt Wilkes at the red nation.com. You should go read a piece he wrote this week about Castillo and he struggles some with lefties, but there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the, the peripheral stats are encouraging on Castillo especially if you take out his first, you know, like six, seven starts or something, which you can't do. Those are part of his record. 
but he's just pitched a lot better since then. So I, I saw something today since July first. Somebody, I saw somebody post something. I don't know where I saw it, but his numbers have been really good since July first. Yeah, yeah, I think he has like the third best strikeout rate. Struck out to walk ratio, I think, in baseball. So, I I mean, it's not – you look at the end of the year and his ERA is 4.83, and um, it's not the season that we hoped we would get out of Luis Castillo this year. But he's 25. uh, You know, he skipped AAA completely. I think there's – Would you call it a step back? uh, Maybe like a half, like a mini step back. Like, I mean, he just wobbled back a little bit. But I think he's got his forward momentum going again. He's about to take a step forward. And, and I think the year's an unqualified success, frankly, for Tyler Malley. And, again, that's something not many people are going to agree with. But the kid came up at 23. He had some struggles, but he also had some successes and uh, went back down to AAA and didn't pout, as far as we know, and was magnificent at AAA before coming back. I, just, I still think that's a guy that's got a very bright future. Now, are we talking about ace of a staff future? No, probably not, but... I think if that guy's not a number three starter for a lot of years, I'll be very, very surprised. Or maybe a two. Oh, oh, sure. I'm saying his baseline, I I think, is a number three starter. Who was the last Reds pitcher to start 22 games at age 23? Cueto? I think that'd be a very interesting question. Not Nick Senzel, I'll tell you that. (laughs) Sorry, I had to do that. Um well, I, I mean, I have no idea what the answer to that is, but my guess is it hasn't happened in a while. I bet Johnny Cueto did it, and uh, there's who's that other guy? Oh yeah, I know who did it. Luis Alberto Bonilla. There he goes again. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to try to figure out a way to work that one in. Yeah, you're right. Cueto Cueto was 22 and started 31 games. Yeah, and that the year after that. And Marty and Marty Brenneman said, "This guy will never make it in the I, big leagues." I will never forget Marty Brenneman. Frankly, I don't think this kid's ever going to get it. And he goes on to become one of the best pitchers in Reds history. Um, and by the numbers, he is. He's like one of the top three pitchers since 1950 for the Reds. Um, but barely. Here's the again, why aren't we? Why aren't we looking at Miley in, in September starting? I agree. There's, 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 there's no reason not for him not to be starting baseball games for the Reds in, in September. Right. I think the same thing about Lucas Sims, who was a you know high draft pick for the Braves. Yep. Twenty four and had a pretty good season at AAA. It's a guy that came over from the uh, in the Duvall trade. I, why is it? Why are we not starting this guy? A big lefty. Uh, I say big, but he looks like he's twelve years old. But uh, you know, he what, is a big kid, isn't he? Six two, two thirty. Holy cow! Yeah, but. Uh, I don't know why he's not. I, I don't know why he and Malley aren't starting. Yeah. It makes no sense. He's, yeah, he's gotten into two games since he came over. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was a Triple A until uh, September call-ups. Yep. So, which uh, didn't make a whole lot of sense either. But you know, you got to save a spot for Homer and Harvey. The Homer and Harvey show. The Homer H and H show. Oh man, I'd pay good money for tickets to that show. I'll tell you that right now. Good money for that t- show to go on the road. <laughs> yeah, please. We need to do some uh, GoFundMe to send that show on the road. Um, really? Maybe we could do like Babe Ruth and and uh, what 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 was the 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 play that sent him to New York? Um, oh yeah, no no no. no, 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 no. <laughs> I can't yes. believe we both know that. That's impressive. Um, I can't believe I know that. I mean, you like you you like Broadway and show tunes that's and true. stuff. That's really not up my alley. I'm more of a country music guy, you know. Ugh, there he goes again. It's okay. I'm gonna be in Austin in less than a month. So nice, nice. Yes. Austin Bryce, <laughs> Austin, Texas. Oh, folks. much better, much better. Um, other positives on the pitching staff? Not many. I mean, Iglesias was good. Not great. Yeah, I, mean, you know, I, I don't think he's been any better than we expected. In no. fact, you know, I, I mean, he's got an ERA of one sixty five. Hughes Hughes is or Hughes's ERA plus is two oh seven. That's not bad. What about That's Michael not... Lorenzen? Michael Lorenzen, I would say, is a positive. Yeah, because because you got to throw in the contribution with the bat. Yep, that you get out of Lorenzen, and he's which which you could use a lot more often than the Reds do. I don't. Yeah, again, a, a team like the Reds, if they're going to claim poverty. When they can't sign all these big free agents, they've got to think outside the box on guys like Michael Lorenzen. They got to do things differently than other organizations. Um, the Tampa Bay Rays would be, I guarantee you that. 
Well, the Rays have a guy. What do you think of this other kid they got in the... In the from the Braves, Whistler kid. Matt Whistler, yeah. Uh, he, you know, he's one that had trouble throwing strikes, I believe. Uh, but he's just 25. He comes with a pretty good pedigree as well. Maybe a second-round pick, if I recall. I, I think I think Whistler has a chance to be probably a reliever, but uh, an effective pitcher. I, that's if either of those guys pans out, you've traded two months of Adam Duvall for it. I mean, I just I think that's that's a good deal. Yeah, I think it's a good even, deal. Even if you did give one of the pieces back. Right, exactly. For money. For, yeah, for, right. for a bag of balls and a bent garbage can. So the Reds got Sims, Whistler, and, and some money. Money, money, money. Money, money, money. Um, here, here, I got one for you. Absolutely an undeniable positive on the pitching staff. Okay. I, I'm, I'm going to give you two of them. Brandon Dixon and Phil Urban. Combined 0.00 ERA in, in uh, let's see, 1.2 innings pitched. And they've even got, let's see, let's see, Dixon's got a strike. Did he got two strikes? He's got a strikeout? They didn't walk anybody? I'm telling you. Why aren't those guys getting starts? They're getting. They're going to be two-way players next year. That's right. Oh, goodness. So I think those are probably your. You know, I would say Garrett. Yeah, I think I'd give it my. Amir Garrett, although a little up and down, but, but when well, healthy, was he was really good early and struggled late. When healthy, he he at times looked dominant. I th- I think now this is just the layman watching the game on TV, but I think he gets himself too amped up on the mound. Maybe it, it, he looks like he's trying to throw the ball not only through the catcher, through the backstop, and out of the stadium to me. Or maybe that's why he wanted to be a reliever because you can, you can really air it out as a reliever. And you can't really do that for six innings, seven innings as a starter. Uh, I don't know. I, I think I really believe that he is a closer in waiting for this team. I think he needs to control his emotions a little better to do that, unless he wants to be Brad the Animal Leslie. Why wouldn't he want to be Brad the Animal Leslie, Bill Lack? And what movie was Brad the Animal Leslie in? Gone with the Wind. Nope. Oh. Want to try again? Um, Citizen Kane. Nope. All right, one I'm, more try. Okay, last try. The Godfather. No. Oh, darn. Oh, one more Mr. try. Mr. Baseball with Tom Selleck. Mr. The Immortal. One of the greatest movies of all wasn't time. That the name, wasn't that the name of that movie, Mr. Mr. Baseball? Mr. Baseball. I didn't know Brad Leslie was in that. Yeah, he was the, I think he was the first. Anyway, he was the guy, when they were having the big fight, he picked the guy up and body slammed him. I can't say I remember much about that movie, but I'll tell you this. That Magnum P.I. is dreamy. Now, don't don't be talking about Magna P.I. because my wife will be all over you. She is a Tom Selleck fanatic. Who isn't? Oh, and, and sort of on the same subject, we got to say rest in peace today. Burt Reynolds died today. Yep. You talk about a legend. Smoking yep. the Bandit, man. Well, I go back to Deliverance. I remember, I remember seeing Deliverance for the first time. And, and, what, and it was a great performance by Burt Reynolds in Deliverance. Kind of a creepy movie, but... Yeah, kind of? Uh, but what a fun, he did, he did, he, he learned very early what he could make a whole lot of money doing. And that's playing the bandit a million times. Yeah. Playing Burt Reynolds, basically. He had, yeah. Basically playing Burt Reynolds yeah. and, and God bless guys that learn how to do that and make a lot of money. Doing, John Wayne made a lot of money doing that over the years. And those two guys, I saw, I saw what I assume was probably Burt's last movie. I watched it on, I don't know, Amazon prime or something. Where he was basically playing himself. Was it Citizen you know, Kane? Old, no. Oh. Kind of an old. I forget the name of the movie. I, oh, I apologize. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I know which one you're talking about. I read a review of it. He kind of plays himself, and he kind of gets hoodwinked into going to what he thinks is this big film festival in Nashville. And it's it's some guy that's a fan of his put this little film festival together, and it's run. It's in a bar, and it's a real low rent affair. Yeah. And, and it, the, He's basically just Burt Reynolds and the little girl from uh, Modern Family. I can't remember her name, but it's it's a it's a kind of a neat movie, considering in retrospect his career and stuff. And and I've and I'm a Burt Reynolds fan. Always have been. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's just uh, he's he, the bandit. He's the bandit. Well, to to me, he is. He was an actor, and had some roles where he was a really good actor. But man, that mm-hmm. guy was just a movie star. He wasn't just an actor. He was a movie star. 
and uh, you don't have too many of those these days. I can think of about one person I would call an actual, you know, like you said, John Wayne was, he was a movie star. There's one guy maybe that I would say is a movie star these days, and that's uh, George Clooney. I don't know if I'd say anyone else is what you would think of as just a guy that just sort of. Could have, yeah, could have been a movie star in the in the 50s or yes. 40s or whatever. Yeah. And very yeah. comfortable in that. So, boy, this is how bad it's gotten with the Reds. That we're talking about Burt Reynolds. Talking about, I'll talk about Burt. Well, you know what? Let's just go ahead and start a Burt Reynolds podcast. Do you want to? We could talk about the longest yard when he played oh, Nate yeah. Scarborough. Ooh, pulled that name out. I didn't remember the name of his character in that. I'm looking at IMDb. I'm cheating. Oh, you cheater. <laughs> uh, Boogie Nights was uh, was the one that I was. You know, I've never seen that. Oh, my goodness. Paul Thomas Anderson. That's just an incredible movie. Um, so, anyway, Burt Reynolds. Uh what about the tip, Reds? Tip, tip of the podcast, tip of the podcast hat cap, the Burt Reynolds. Absolutely great career. Rest in peace. Yep. So anyway, we've tried to be positive. And I'm going to say something that I am 100% serious about. I really do believe this. I'm being, here's me being positive, but I'm serious about this. I really believe if the Reds are aggressive this winter, I think this team can be pretty good next year. I think this team could be playoff good next year. I firmly believe that. Now, whether the front office is going to be allowed to do that, I don't know. But if they are, they're not that far away. As bad as the final record looks, they're really not that far away, in my opinion. Am I well, crazy? I mean, look, look at how much the Phillies changed from one year to the next. What's now, the they thing? turned over almost their entire roster, and the Reds will not do that. That's the difference. They were very, very aggressive. You know, they just, it, it's a matter of, of they, they wanted it. The, the Brewers, you know, they are just fighting to, uh, to keep up with the uh, the Cubs and the, and the Cardinals, and they've done they've turned over their whole roster, half of it anyway, trying to improve, trying to improve everywhere they can improve. And I I don't know. I, just, I don't see that. The, the Knicks and Zell not getting called up earlier this year really made me wonder whether this team is serious. And I, I, I agree with you. I so, but we'll find out this winter, right? If well, we'll find out. You know, if they're not aggressive, it's going to be clear that. Don't get your hopes up, Red Leg Nation. Yeah, if, they, if they don't go out and sign some some really good pitching, yes, they have to. You know, and the, the, the I'm looking at I'm looking at the Braves roster at the, at the moves they made. You know the, the one that killed us that when they, they got Christian Yelich, the Brewers. Yeah, yeah, I know. Who's the guy that we wanted the Reds to go get? Oh my goodness, <laughs> we talked about that so many times. I was heartbroken when he signed he's with the 26, Brewers. He's got a nine thirty six OPS. Yeah, they still got him under team control for like four more years. I mean, <sighs> that guy should be in center field for Cincinnati, and that's a situation where if the Reds were serious, I know that the Brewers had to give up a lot for him. Man, I'd have given up Nixon Zell for Christian Yelich. I, I, I would have been as extremely aggressive trying to get him. And the Reds are going to have to be really aggressive in trying to get some, uh, especially pitching. But if they can get a couple of really good pitchers, I say really good, what does that even mean? A couple of above-average pitchers, one of whom is a, at least a number two. I'd say a, a, two guys that are one, two, or three starters. I think if they can do that, and that's easier said than done, I concede, I think they're a pretty good team going into next year with maybe enough depth to withstand injuries. Well, I, I, yeah, that's where I was going to go. You know, we, we think they're going to be pretty good offensively based on what we've seen. And, and assuming they come back and they're healthy, they find a place to play Senzel, wherever that is. Yeah. I think, I think they need to answer. They need to answer a question at second base and they need to answer a question at center field. And other than that, Offensively, I think they're in good shape and, and they can add some depth. And I, you know, and I, that's not to say they don't have depth now. If they play Senzel in the outfield, you know, you're going to have Shebler and Urban on the bench, assuming we don't make trades. You know, unless Senzel can play center, which Chris Welsh thinks he can. No, he's everyone says he's athletic enough, but of course the Reds, in all their infinite wisdom, have not let him play center field at all in the minors or outfield. Period. Outfield. Period. There you go. Yeah. I, no plan. No plan whatsoever. 
Now, I think I asked you this, but when you guys were talking to the front office guys, was was it was there any were there questions asked about Senzel's year and what the Reds' thinking was and why they didn't try to figure out where in the hell he wanted he needed to play? The the question was asked, and I can't really remember exactly what the response was. Uh, but what I came away with is that they were caught off guard a little bit by Scooter having such a good year again. I think they fully believed he was going to be the second baseman going forward. So, I think so that the, was the, Reds, plan. the basis of the Reds plan is the guy we've got is going to fail. Well, or just not be as good as he was before. As he was. Um, Why wouldn't you plan for a guy to be really good and, and then figure out who you don't think is, you know, well, I guess it's the same thing. I, I, I think that's reasonable. I didn't think Scooter was going to have this year, but it was pretty Early on, it's pretty obvious that he was, uh, you know, hitting well, and that the owner likes Scooter Jeanette, uh, as was reported, widely reported in the media. And uh, at that point, I don't know why you're not. Let's play him in center field. Let's play him in right field, left field. Let's get. Let's move him around the diamond. See where we can find a spot for him. Um, and the Reds acted like that when when Suarez got hurt. They acted like um, they changed plans immediately. His plan was for him to be a second baseman. They switched him over to third for a game, and then back. And he played one game at shortstop later. And I don't know. I, I think they. I think their plan was for him to be the second baseman, and they had no plan B. And and, oh, and, and didn't adjust. And did not adjust on the fly. It's very clear. Maybe they thought they had time still. They didn't know he was going to get uh, hurt and have his season ended. But I. I the the way they've handled Nixon Zell baffles me as much or more than anything I've seen. In the last ten years, I, it just it blows my mind, and I don't know why they aren't getting called out about it more. I feel like I'm the only one that's sort of raging against the machine. Oh well, whatever. Bill, do we, are, are we finished trying to be positive? <laughs> I got nothing left. <laughs> <laughs> we have exhausted all the positives. Well, what uh, do you, well, go ahead. Where would you put Tucker Barnes' year on the positive and negative scale? I don't think I'd say either one. I think I'm. I'd call it a bull. I, I, I'd say I'm satisfied with what, yeah, with what Barnhart did this fair. year. Um, it wasn't a better year than last year. It wasn't necessarily a worse year. It was. I'm okay with that out of out of the red starting catcher. You know, I'll take that season. So, I like Tucker. I do too. He gets on base. <laughs> He gets on base. He plays great defense. I've, I've got no problem with Tucker Barnhart. So, one other uh, positive, uh, Bill. Billy Hamilton. Am I right? No. <laughs> oh, there he goes again. All right, let's wrap this one up with a bow. And his, his, his on-base percentage is up to 300. See? That's positive. That is positive. It's barely below average. <laughs> barely below average. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, Bill. Um, what are what are we forgetting? Now, there's something probably, but we're sort of stumbling around. We 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 got caught off guard by the trying to be positive, and it's really it's addled it's our not, brains. It's not our wheelhouse. Yeah, it's addled our brains here, I guess. So let's call this one a let's call this one quits. Thanks to all of you for downloading Red Leg Nation Radio, episode number two hundred and twenty-five. You can find Red Leg Nation Radio wherever you find your podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, everywhere. Go to iTunes if you would. Leave us a rating, a five-star rating, preferably, and a review, because it really does help people find us. Really appreciate if you do that. And uh, and tell your friends. Be sure to refer us to everybody you know that likes the Reds. All of you have friends that are Reds fans. Tell them about us. As I always say, if you like us, talk about us. If you don't like us, keep your mouth shut. Exactly. Um you can find me at Dotson C on Twitter. You can find Bill at Bill Redleg N. You can find us uh, Redleg Nation at Redleg Nation on Twitter and RedlegNation.com on the interwebs where we're discussing the Cincinnati Reds all day, every day, and have been since 2005, uh, which is just uh, impossible to believe. Bill, another fun time talking to you, buddy. Always good to spend some time with you, my friend. Absolutely. For Bill Lack and Lisa Alberto Bonilla, this is Chad Dotson saying... <laughs> There he goes again. <laughs> so long, everyone.
Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.